0: Hi, I'm NASM Master Instructor Rick Ritchie. Join me for the NASM CPT Podcast, where we take you through a unique journey on everything you need to know as a personal trainer. Science, technique, physiology, weight loss, muscle growth, nutrition, business. We dig into it all. You can find the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search NASM CPT Podcast and subscribe. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the Master Instructor Roundtable. This is Marty Miller, and I'm here with my great friend, as always, Miss Wendy Batts.
1: Hey, Marty. How are you?
0: I couldn't be better. How about you? How are you feeling today?
1: I'm living a dream as always.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, this week we kind of teased it last week that we are going to kind of do a little series here on one of those exercises that gets a lot of attention and that we wanted to just to spend some time clearing it up and really dissect this exercise so people feel more comfortable like knowing how to use it, when to use it, but also how to evaluate when somebody might be ready for it. And so we're going to do this over a series, but we are going to talk about the one and only Burpee
1: everybody loves burpees, right? It's a love hate relationship. And that's, uh, I'm excited because over the next, we're going to do a series of three. So I think over the next, you know, three uh, webinars that we do, I I really believe that it's going to help clear up some questions that people may have and really help as to your point, how can we get clients to do it where we know it's fun. Everyone, like enjoys it on, on a cardiovascular standpoint, but there's so much more to it. And, you know, I think when we kind of break it up and show how we can utilize this one exercise throughout the model and have someone perform the best burpee ever, then, uh, there's going to be a lot of positives that come out of this.
0: Yeah. And going back to why you and I love the model so much is it's the most inclusive model of training there is. So a lot of times people look at the model and if they haven't really dug deep into it and learn how to segment exercises or categorize exercises, evaluate exercises, sometimes they think the model is not fluid enough where – a burpee has its place within the OPT model, but of course, we're going to look at it from the eyes of an NASM certified trainer, looking at the kinetic chain checkpoints and learning how we build to those progressions. So I'm really excited about this topic. And I think that hopefully we get some people to look at the burpee a little bit differently. And then maybe their love hate relationship (laughs) grows to more of a love. But one of those things where it's the hate in the joking sense that it just, you know, it will, it will challenge you in many, many ways.
1: Yes. And, you know, the burpees, it's a complex exercise. And I think, you know, when we, when we think about it in the first question that comes to mind is, well, what kind of exercise is a burpee? And, you know, when we think of it, we look at it as, oh, it's just something that's going to increase the heart, you know, your heart rate, but it's so versatile. There's so many things and so many places that you can implement it. And I think because it's such a complex exercise, that we want to break it down so therefore we are executing it properly and people move they're moving better they're feeling better they're performing it better so they're going to have a better outcome when they do a burpee or any of the exercises that you are actually programming for your client
0: yep and i think when we talk about the burpee you know yes we see a lot of people use it for metabolic conditioning But even from there, I mean, you know, depending on the clientele you're training with, again, our our good friend Prentice is in here. We would talk about, you know, explosive (laughs) stuff from uh, martial arts. But really, if you think about it, it's an explosive dynamic plank in parts of it. And it's really showing can somebody decelerate their body weight properly? So there is some carryover to other parts of activities of daily living or sports or God forbid that somebody falls. So there is a purpose. It's just, are we putting it in at the right time? Are we identifying common compensations? And do we know how to change programming around to either eliminate those before we get to the burpee? Or when we see people in a burpee, we know what the body's telling us.
1: Yes. And the big question too, is how do you know when someone's ready for a burpee? And I think the the question is, is what, what we have said and I say this every single webinar. It really is going to be determined by your assessment. Let's mm-hmm. see how people are moving. And so if we notice that there are some, you know, some issues and just their movement pattern, then let's, let's clean that up and let's find ways that we can progress them in order to, you know, execute it properly if it's something that you really want to put in their program. And there's not a ton of people, like I, I would say, mm, maybe... A handful of clients have ever said, "Oh, burpees are my favorite exercise. I want to include them in every program that you have um, that you have me perform." And so, you know, we know that there are some, you know, some people that when they think of burpees, you know, it's it's gotten such a bad rap. But burpees really are fun, and anyone can do them. And that's just it. We want to talk about it. How can we get any anyone on any level to perform it, have fun with it, um, and you know, and and execute it properly?
0: So. Yeah and it's funny i swear to everyone watching we do prepare we i promise you but when we start talking i think we bounce ideas and all of a sudden like you know i'm like oh so wendy you made me think of something is one of the times you know uh, we've had our topics you've talked about finishers you've talked about mm-hmm. i think sometimes burpees are used and i hate to say it this way um as a finisher or I I say it in a joking manner, like a punishment, like, I'm going to give you your burpees where again, you've already talked about, like, it doesn't have to be that. But when you pick your metabolic conditioning or you pick your finishers, I, I know that you're picking things that they can handle within their five kinetic chain checkpoints. The client doesn't know that you're sifting through all of these type of exercises, whether it's the leg circuits or it's a burpee, whatever. But before we even dissect any further, can you talk about how you choose other exercises, maybe something similar to a burpee or anything that really gets that metabolic conditioning out, but, you know, let everybody here know kind of how you kind of either categorize things or make the right decision to find something that they can control, even though you're looking for that metabolic conditioning.
1: I think as we go through the webinars, it's really important to think about what is all included in a in a burpee. And so for example, you know, I know on, on one of our, you know, series, we're really going to talk about breaking down and, and towards the end, you'll see this too, some exercises that they have to be able to perform correctly. Um, in order to really, really be able to execute it correctly. But there's a progression to everything. We've talked about, you know, if an exercise is is too advanced, how do you regress it? And if you have someone on day one that, um, you know, isn't moving properly, it's not going to be safe. And so that's something that you you don't want to have someone do because there is a plyometric component. There is a squat component. There's a plank component. Um, depending on how powerful you are, there's push-ups involved. There's an overhead press motion And so I think when you kind of look at it as an all-inclusive exercise with my clients, you know, I want them to be able to perform specific movement patterns correctly. And then I can do the combination because, again, it is a complex exercise. Mm -hmm. So if you want to have someone do, you know, some kind of what I call metabolic blast or like you said, a metabolic finisher then, you know, I'm, I may take a step back and have them do, you know, speed squats, or I may have them even do some mountain climbers. What's happening at their low back, what's happening with their knees and their hand positions. And before I have everything combined into one, and I think, you know, sometimes we, we just go, oh, you know, burpees are hard. That's going to increase their, their, um, their heart rate. And that's what they, they want to, you know, get, you know, they want to have fun, but they also want to get crushed. And so let's just give them a burpee. And that, that isn't the right mindset that we want the trainers to have. It's like, what can they execute correctly, but make it fun? Burpees really are fun. And and that's one of the things we want to, we really want to emphasize because, you know, there are, is some negative talk out there and we want to change that because we want everyone to enjoy it. But we also want to think about, you know, there are a lot of disadvantages to performing it too quickly. And I know Marty, like when you think of, when you go to the gym and, and you're seeing people perform burpees, um, you know, if I said, well, what are the disadvantages of of someone performing them? What would you say?
0: Yeah. And again, this goes for every exercise. It's Mm -hmm. that somebody's either, it falls in a couple of categories, either they're not ready for it or they're not ready for it. And they don't know how to execute it properly. Anyways, they wouldn't know what to look for. So they're going into that exercise, just, you know, thinking, Hey, if I get, From, you know, from this standing position, if I hit the ground, come up and jump and land, I did a burpee. Where, okay, you did, but we're looking for how well you did that movement. So I think the biggest, you know, issues are, one, a lack of core stability, for sure. Oftentimes, there's a lack of cardiovascular conditioning. So it's either put in the wrong type of training. They haven't been built up cardiovascularly to handle that. Then we have to look at the landing mechanics. We have to look at the shoulder stability and then for me, my big issue is if I don't warm up properly, it's my hip mobility. You know, when I, you know, go to do some of the parts that, you know, require my hips to go, if I haven't warmed up, I could see a compensation of my low back, et cetera. So these are just a couple. But really, I think that it's generally speaking, people haven't broken down the burpee into the chunks of it, which we will discuss, mastered those, and then learn how to put those together in a sequence. So we're looking at movement patterns. And also look at your first burpee doesn't need to be the most explosive burpee. There's, again, you, we, we'll talk it in other uh, sessions about, you know, different body positions, different angles, how to do things like that. But it really comes down to breaking it down, building somebody up and getting their cardiovascular system ready to handle as well. Because when fatigue sets in, form generally is going to go sideways. So if they haven't really learned that form and mastered that, and you put them in a fatigue state. That's where I see a big problem with the burpees or other multi-joint conditioning type of exercises. So again, I love burpees. I, I know I said that, but I love them because they are great at what they're designed for when done properly.
1: Yeah, you bring up some fantastic points. and another another thing I see is when you know someone is new to a burpee, You'll have a trainer. They demonstrate it. They ha- they look fantastic. The client mm-hmm. starts, and then they're like, "Okay, I'm going to time you, and I want you to do a burpee for 60 seconds." Yeah. And it's like, you know, okay, we have rep ranges for you know most exercises that we have a client, um, you know, do, especially when it is a multi joint exercise. It, however when we are thinking on a conditioning standpoint we're like okay we want you to get on the rower and row as fast as you can for 30 seconds or get on the bike and pedal as hard as you can for 30 seconds again more thinking of a metabolic conditioning you know trying to get increase the heart rate it's it's something a little bit different versus being very specific body part, you know, like do exercises for very specific body parts. So I I, want to really emphasize that when someone is beginning to do a burpee and you are, you know, feeling confident that they're going to be able to perform it correctly, to think about doing it for reps in the beginning. And Mm -hmm. and to your point, you know, maybe it's not as explosive because if we look at phase one, we're working on landing mechanics and we're working on proper movement patterns and everything. And so, treat the burpee or any conditioning exercise that is off of a piece of equipment the same way that you would if you're having someone do a squat to row on a cable or a push up, you know, with with specific tempos. Because if you do that, you really will get the right muscles firing at the right time. So therefore you're gonna decrease injury, you're going to increase proper movement patterns, and then you're going to have a better result long-term.
0: Yeah, and a couple of things you said there is, the trainer, (laughs) who's probably more conditioned than your client, (laughs) They make it look easy, and then they expect somebody else to now do it for 60 seconds. And then again, when we're looking at the model, like if we got somebody to that zone three, level three type of cardiovascular work, what's our rest time? You know, why would we maybe put them right back on another exercise? That's where we go away from a training outcome to exercise. And then again, the form and technique of the next exercise goes bad. And then the other thing I would say is don't use burpees as a punishment And don't make people afraid of burpees because the mindset, they're, you know, they're already now going to be afraid and hesitant to do it. Make it look like, hey, I got a great progression. We're going to get through to where you actually enjoy burpees. You know, and then I, I just find that people are more willing to do them when they don't see it as a punishment. (laughs)
1: It's <laughs> so true, so yes. true, um, yeah. And and then they they ask the question like, "Well, why do you hate me?" And it's like, "Wait a minute, yeah. I, I don't hate you." Like this is a, this is a, a love exercise. <laughs> Let me just show you.
0: <laughs> you heard them. Right?
1: Uh, yes, yes, you have progressed to that. That's a that's a beautiful thing. So yeah. if if we you know progress to the next slide, I think when we when we talk about burpees and we really break up, what are the muscles? that we're utilizing when we do a burpee. People ask me this all the time. Well, why am I doing this? It's like, well, okay, this is a total body exercise. And it works pretty much everything. I mean, you're working your heart for sure, because you're going from the floor standing up and you're moving, you know, different, um, you know, uh, elevations, if you will. And so your your heart has to really work harder. But think about all the muscles that are involved. I mean, you're you're doing kind of a You know, more of a push up and it depends again if you're exploding up and doing it that way or if you keep your hands on the ground, bring your knees up and jump up that way. So your calves, your quads, your hammies, your glutes, your back, your shoulders, your pecs and your neck because you want to always think the five kinetic chain checkpoints. You know, the first thing that I see happen when people are trying to execute a burpee too soon are so many compensations, but it's the head that goes that your hands are going out. You know, there's a lot of a lot of movements that are not correct. And so I think that's another reason why people sometimes have a negative thought about burpees in their head. But when they're done correctly and you get all of these muscles to fire, I think it's a fantastic exercise. Once again, as as long as they can perform it and execute it properly,
0: yeah, no question. And I, like I said, I know I can do a lot of the parts of the burpee well, but when I have to tuck my knees in and to jump up, if I have not warmed up, I'm gonna get a low back round. It's just that's my mm-hmm. the way my hips are. So I have to be prepared and you know get the right pri- type of warm up so I can execute them better. So I'm working on my burpees. Well,
1: I think right now, I mean, think about how diverse this exercise is because a a lot of people still are not able to go to the gym. And for multiple reasons, I mean, whether their gym is shut down, whether they can't because they're living with people that can't be exposed to, to, you know, out in the open around other people at the moment. And they have to be very careful. This is a wonderful exercise that anybody can do at home. You know, there are some safety conditions or considerations you want to think about. And, 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 first and foremost would be the form and execution. And so I've had clients while we were, you know, training at home and doing FaceTime, performing in slow motion, and we're working on things for them, to, you know, to really focus on. And, and, and it's, it's changed the mindset because in the gym, it was a totally different story because I'm hounding them like, watch this, do this, do this, do this. And and we're just going now that we can take the time and break it up and really, you know, get the proper movement patterns for every single thing that we're doing. I, I think it's been a, it's a, it's a huge bonus. Plus, again, if you look at all of these muscles that are, you know, in yellow here, um, and, and I think the whole body basically should be yellow because you got to think about what you're doing too. So your, your cognitive, uh, you know, the, what you're, what you're having to think about while executing it, I think is a big one as well.
0: Yeah. And I think one of the problems we've had with burpees is people haven't really found all those progressions or regressions and micro progressions. So if you're going to start someone day 1 with a burpee as we're talking about it basically getting to the ground, some people stop at the top before of the push up, some people go all the way, whichever one. There's a lot of things that you can work before you get to that. You know, we're not here to talk about all that right this minute, but like even using a plyo box that's safe mm-hmm. that now you're basically I start with their hands on it they push off it and now it's a very minimal burpee. So we will get into that and give some progressions and, or regressions. But I think again, we know we have to be very careful just going from, okay, it's time to do a burpee, boom, get down to the ground and then come up and do a jump. There's a lot of steps in between there. Some people, just like anything else, some people will get all the way through the progressions. Some people are going to stop at a certain level. And that's all that is they're going to need. And that's phenomenal. But just understand it's not an all or none type of exercise. And that's, I think, probably the biggest issue I see with people is they either don't do them or they do them all the way to what they think it is. And they miss all those little steps in between. Yes, there's definitely progressions that you wanted to consider
1: at all times. And to your point, Marty, I do the same thing. I teach them on an incline because it's it's really difficult when you have someone, I mean, think about the very first day you did a push-up at a four, two, one count. It was very difficult to hold your form and maintain it. And, you know, while you're teaching that that just in a push-up, you've got to think, okay, if they can't do a push-up correctly, and then now I'm gonna to try to have them do, you know, an explosive exercise from that push-up position into, you know, a jump pattern and everything there, it, it's going to be very difficult. And, you, and it's very difficult to cue someone in a fast type movement pattern, unless you to your point, you do micro progressions, and you know that they're going to be able to nail everything that they're doing. And, and there, and this is one of the reasons we're doing this was because we really wanted to, you know, we did one last week on, you know, bringing it back to the basics. Mm-hmm. And that's what we really felt. There was a lot of people that were like, thank you for doing this. And we we wanted to take some difficult exercises And really kind of talk about how can we execute these to make them fun and exciting, but then also make sure that they're done safely. And I think that kind of brings us, if we go into the next slide, these are some, you know, the the form and technique that you have with your, your client is always been the most important thing. Five kinetic chain checkpoints. And if you think about the proper setup, um, you know, when you're doing it is wh- how should the, the hands and, and, you know, foot placement be? Well, when you're standing five kinetic chain checkpoints. So you want to think your feet are going to be shoulder to hip width apart. And when you go down into your hand placement, you want your fingertips pointed forward. And when you do that, it's like, well, what's comfortable for you in, in a pushup, because that is going to be the pit position, you know, um, I see people oftentimes at the gym and they're saying, your hands have to be right here. But think about, we've talked about, you know, natural carrying angles with joints that are a hinge joint, like when we're doing buys and tries. If you say your elbows have to be this position, you know, or, you know, too far out, that's a lot of stress that maybe their body mechanics and their alignment doesn't agree with. So let them put their hands in a position as long as their fingertips are forward. That's safe. A little wider than shoulders is usually what we suggest. You don't want them to be just too far out because it's a lot of stress on the shoulder. Um, You don't want them to be too far in or you're really, you know, thinking more about triceps. Like what are what are you trying to achieve when you're doing that? So I think if we look at the foot and hand placement, that would be start and finish. And then think about the entire kinetic chain as we go through. And then if we go down and look at the next point, You know, so we're looking then, you know, at the movement and execution, your start during and end positions, you should maintain those kinetic chain checkpoints throughout. If you start to see some deviation, then that's going to let you know, okay, I need to really start emphasizing my program, maybe to work more on this, that's kind of causing my knees to go in or this, you know, so you can still, it's almost like you're kind of doing an assessment as they speed it up. This is kind of a dynamic, I mean, it is a dynamic exercise, you're working your entire kinetic chain check, you know, kinetic, entire kinetic chain, and you want to make sure that, you know, someone's going to have really good form and technique throughout in order again, to get the right things firing the way that they were intended to fire.
0: Yep. And that goes for every exercise that we've talked about, everything that we're going to do, it's always going to come back to the form and technique, the fundamentals. That's why we again started before the burpee. We went back to the basics because this is a perfect example of an exercise that can get, you know, misunderstood very quickly, but we wanted to set the table and you know, regardless of anything we're going to talk about coming forward, you'll probably see this slide or a version of it.
1: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And then if we go into the next one, you know, we wanted to pinpoint and as you, and you guys have seen this, I know as trainers, you have seen people execute burpees and you're looking at them, especially if you've been listening to our webinars now, you know, common compensations that we have talked about is you'll see even in this picture, you know, when people, they may start with their feet, you know, perfectly straight. And then Marty, to your point, as they bring their knees in, maybe because of lack of hip mobility, maybe because of other, you know, who knows, maybe it it could be because of their calves being too tight, their feet are going to turn out, you know, their knees will bow out to the side, you're going to see a low back arch, you know, at the bottom when that when they're, you know, coming back or even rounding too much. And, you know, you'll notice as well when they go into the pushup, they may have winging, which when we mm-hmm. talk about winging, all that means is their shoulder blades are kind of they're pointed more in an upward position. So it looks like they have angel wings versus having a flat back. Um, we did talk about this earlier, but a forward neck or even sometimes they're looking up. Um, so you want to try to maintain proper alignment. And the big one that I see and people complain often, like my wrists are killing me when I do these. I can't do that. And it's when they go down, their hands are turned out to the side. And then they're placing a lot of their weight on their fingertips, which causes a lot of excess stress and strain to the actual you know, wrist joint itself. Um, So, you know, little, little common things that you may see can lead to bigger issues long-term, especially if you're doing them repetitive and they are getting, you know, speeding things up. So you're working toward more of an explosive burpee. And then as always, you know, how do they land? If you, you know, notice that in their, you know, overhead squat, that their knees were adducted or they're caving in, and then you're having them not work on, you know, proper, you know, phase one landing mechanics that that we we discussed with the you know three to five second hold, realigning, retraining your brain or your program um, to land correctly there, you know, then you're going to notice, think about what's happening at that knee. All of a sudden, now you're jumping, all your body weight's going in the medial portion of the knee, which can lead to pain and, and, and (laughs) could lead to injury if you're not careful. And then as they go up, you'll see the lady in yellow. When she goes up, she's got, you know, big bend in her, her elbows. And it kind of looks like she's jumping, However, she's not fully extending. And is it because of a lat extensibility? Why her arms aren't going overhead? Is it because her pecs are too tight, keeping her elbow bent? So these are just things that we want you guys to think about. So over the next, the other two that we do, when we really break down these are things that you can do to fix some of these common techniques and flaws that it's going to start to trigger the aha, like mm-hmm. this is something that I want to fix before I start to, to do this. Um, or here are things that we can work towards in order to execute them, you know, in an explosive manner.
0: Yeah. And, you know, again, if Prentice was here, he'd be very proud of me to going back to like the karate kid, like the wax on, <laughs> wax off. We're teaching this from day one, right? all the burpee is, is weeks or months of progressions tied together. So I've had, you know, people talk all the time like, oh, you know, it's so complicated to teach. No, it's not. I'm teaching it from the very first session. I'm teaching them to have their feet straight ahead and giving them the, obviously the solutions to fix that long-term. But I'm just going to use the word uh, teaching right now. I'm teaching them to know what neutral spine is. I'm teaching them, you know, all of these components that Wendy just talked about. So by the time it's Hopefully, by the time you give them the burpee, all you're starting to do is put the pieces of the puzzle together that they've been doing for countless hours. And now they're like, oh, that's why you had me do this and this and this. Because when I tie these together and now I start going from 25 percent speed to 50 percent speed to 60 percent speed, that becomes my burpee. A lot harder to teach all of these things at once for people who have these movement dysfunctions right when you give them a burpee day one. So that's why we always go back to the model because – There's only so many movement patterns. There's only so many kinetic chain checkpoints you need to keep in alignment. Once you get that going, all you're really doing is just tying these movement patterns together and you're either making them do a stabilization exercise, a strength or a power. You know, and the one that I think that I spent more time teaching that people thought was hard to teach was the kettlebell swing. So another apprentice uh, (laughs) would be happy is all it is is a dynamic plank, right? If you can't do a plank and if you can't do a bridge and you can't stabilize at the scapula and the head and neck, you should never swing a kettlebell. So again, you can reverse engineer that. So that's what this list is right here that Wendy's put together is how would I reverse engineer the kinetic chain common dysfunctions, then put them through the model. And by the time they're ready for some power, the the burpee shouldn't be that far off. If you know the progressions or regressions, instead of, as I said earlier, starting right at the more dynamic, more difficult version of the pl- of the burpee.
1: And I think it 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 brings it back to once again your assessment. We've mm-hmm. we've talked about this. If this if you look at this list here and you see that your client was like, check, okay, feet went out, okay, knees went in when they went to the bottom of their squat, okay. If I put them in a push-up position, they had scapular winging. Oh, when they had hands over their head, they had an anterior pelvic tilt. Their arms fell forward. I think a lot of this is going to say whether they're ready or not, because if you have any of these check marks, maybe they're not ready, but let's do to your point, some micro progressions to get them there. And you know, if we even go to the next slide, I think this is the big takeaway and this is how you can really sell it. And hopefully after the the next two that we talk about, you guys will feel very comfortable is if you break down the burpee itself, and you teach someone how to do a proper four to one push up just to start that, and then you add that plus. That will help the serratus interior get rid of the winging, and you're going to build proper movements and patterns throughout the the shoulder complex. So you know everything is going to be working together. You're really, you know, bringing in your belly button, squeezing your glutes. So it's very, you know. Um, Intense core exercise as as well as the plank because you're still working on shoulder um, You know stabilization in your plank as well as core activation And if you go through this list and Marty I know you're going to talk about this There are going to be some exercises that your clients actually enjoy And Mm -hmm. so you can say you know what you're so good at push-ups You love doing the planks, squats. You you rock the squats. You love it We do squat jumps with the plyometric hold and we work your shoulders in an overhead press Now we're just going to put it together a little bit quicker and so literally thinking about all of this if your client can execute these very very well they are on their way to you know being able to do a burpee and with proper form and movement patterns. And then you can say, Hey, these are just all of your favorite exercises combined into one. So Ooh. I don't understand that, you know, why, why you've got that in your head that these are, these is a, to your point, a punishment <laughs> when this is all your favorites just combined yeah. into one.
0: <laughs> and the only two little caveats that I'll add that we'll get into when we talk about the programming, but just to kind of give you guys an idea of where we're going to go with this is again, I'm not using uh, Burpee, generally speaking, day one, unless it was you know, Tony and Wendy come over, they put me, you know, they want me to put them together, work out. I clearly know exactly, you know, where they've been. Got it. Okay, we're past that. But if it's somebody newer, you know, if if I haven't even seen them do any power based exercises, if I can't see how they land with their feet on the ground, but if I also can't see how they land when they do more of an explosive push up, I'm really taking a gamble and guess how their body's going to react when they're doing a burpee. So a lot of times what I do is before I ever get to the burpee, I'd have them in a half kneeling position. I always keep their toes on the ground and I have them just go forward and kind of let see if they can catch their body weight. And again, it might not be to the ground right away. It might be to a, you know, something that's soft, something, you know, I've had heavy bags on the ground. I have other things. So they're only decelerating their upper body, maybe 30 degrees, not the whole 90, but I got to see what happens when they let gravity just kind of take them to the ground. Do they lose all of their control? If they can't do it in a little modified version, and if they can't give me something to show that they can push themselves off the ground without arching their back and wiggling to one side, then I know. So I can use even chunks of these as prep. So that way, you know, they're like, you can call whatever you want. You know, I just call it, you know, mini drops. But they don't even have to know that I'm evaluating them. They don't have to know that this is for me to say, hey, how far away are they from the burpee? It's for me to say. What is next for them? So like, again, depending on what you have in the gym, make sure it's safe. But I've been in gyms with a lot of heavy bags that are not going to roll. And I would just have them drop to the heavy bag and be able to push off and see if they can get themselves back to 90. I would do that for a week. They loved it. They had no idea that that was truly I'm testing. What happens when their hands hit the ground? Are they, does it feel okay? Can they control their cervical spine all the way through their lumbar spine? What happens at the shoulder blades? Do they have the ability to push off the ground? So, again, that and then again with the squat jump, just speed squats are okay. You don't have to leave the ground even when you get them to the burpee. If somebody can't get to that level, just have them get to where they stand up, get up on their toes, and drop back down. That's fine. So you got to, you know, kind of take these pieces, part and parcel them, and have how you build up your progressions. But it's really not as difficult as some people, I think, thought of it, hence where the bad connotation of the burpee was because it was given to people that weren't ready. And of course, anytime you get an exercise you're not ready for, it's not gonna feel good on you. Hence where you're like, don't like that. So that's really what we want to do with the burpee is make it to where, I will say, almost every single one of your clients will probably be able to do some level of burpee after we get these through these three roundtables.
1: Yeah. And oftentimes, you know, when I ask people, well, why don't you like the burpee? And and I'm talking to trainers. I'm not talking to (laughs) to clients because obviously Mm -hmm. clients have a different answer. The reason the clients don't like it is because it's hard. But, you know, oftentimes I hear from trainers is like, well, I feel like when my client does it, you know, there, you know, there are a ton of compensations that I see okay, number one, they shouldn't be doing it then. At that point, it's not a bad exercise. They're just not ready. And second of all, I I often hear, well, when my client does and they complain of low back pain, and then I ask them, well, when they, you know, in your overhead squat assessment, did they have a low back arch or did their arms fall forward? Well, yeah, but, and it's like, well, okay, think about this. And we've talked about the importance of the lat and proper, you know, alignment and neutral spine, proper glute, you know, we're asking someone to jump now. So they really need their quad and glutes engaged. We're asking someone to have good latic sensibility as their hands go overhead, because if not, and their hands are overhead and they're coming, you know, they're, they're jumping up and then they're landing and they don't have proper landing mechanics. They don't have good, good core stabilization. Then there can be a lot of compression in the lower back. And so that's why that you hear that very, very often. And, you know, I'm hoping that you you guys will feel comfortable of understanding why we took this one exercise and we're breaking it down like we are, because Mm -hmm. there is a purpose to this exercise and it is more than just conditioning. It is such a versatile, very fun, but you know, break it down into simple movements first and then make it a complex movement that you put together and then add the speed. So I know with my clients, I do kind of Marty what you were saying. I may, you know, have them do I kind of call it almost like a, a modified plyo push-up, mm-hmm. but even in, you know, more and more slow motion. But then when they're ready, and I feel like before we we speed it up, even if we're in a phase one and I know we're gonna talk moving forward of how do we put this into the OPT model. But for example, I'll have someone put their hands on the ground, do a four, two, one count, push up, push all the way up. Then they have to bring their knees up right underneath them in line with their shoulders. And then they do their squat jump with the three, you know, three second hold. And and then we repeat that. Or to your point, if they're not ready to jump yet, we're still working on knees adducting. Then we do the like you said, triple extension where they don't leave the ground, they cope on their heels, they still make it, you know, they land kind of like they land hard, but they don't, you know, they're embracing, they're embracing their landing. However, we're making sure everything stays lined up the whole time. So we're hoping that we're going to be able to provide you guys with a lot of, you know, good tips and ideas. And, um, you know, I know when we we kind of move forward into some of the other, the key takeaways. I mean, all of this is going to click and make sense to many of you, but those of you guys that have just taken it out of your programs, maybe it's something that you can bring back after listening to us and really thinking about, you know, all the muscles that you're targeting, why it could be good and why it can be ideal and fun if you make it fun.
0: Absolutely. And what I'll say is after I think we get through all three, I think you're going to have an understanding of that a burpee is an exercise for most of your clients. I'll never say all. Mm-hmm. Again, there are there's going to be situations where there're certain exercises that not everyone can do. But I think when we get to all the progressions and regressions and get you to understand how to work through all that, even a senior population could do some level of a modified burpee. And if you think about that, I would love my mom in her 70s to be able to do a modified burpee because if she ever falls, that could be the difference of her being able to decelerate enough of her body weight where it's an injury instead of something that's more, you know, significant, catastrophic. So absolutely there's a purpose to train power for everybody. You just got to learn how to work it through and find the progressions and regressions and there'll be a ceiling for everybody. But most people can get to a higher level than they probably already are. If you can break it down as we're going to go over the next two more weeks.
1: I think you pretty much nailed it, Marty, and, you know, and that, you know, <laughs> and always safety first, five kinetic chain checkpoints. You know your client better than ever, anyone. You're the one that did the assessment, and when you feel comfortable, and you, again, are are making it a very positive exercise because however you you say, we're going to do burpees, and they're like, oh, you know, like if you, if you pinpoint it like that rather than, okay, now we're going to go into a burpee. This is what I want you to do. Your attitude, the way that you teach it, the way that you cue it really will dictate their mindset of how like that this isn't a punishment thing, that this is actually going to burn a ton of calories when done correctly. We're getting everything to fire together and we're working, you know, it's a total body exercise. Look at it that way before you think of it as a, you know, just a cardiovascular you know, exercise, because it is way more than just, you know, working, you know, uh, your metabolic finisher. And so I think, you know, when we talk about our next webinar, I know you, uh, Marty, as well as myself are super stoked, because I think that's when we really are going to get in the meat and potatoes of breaking it down. So we showed you, you know, some of the exercises that, um, that you can do to build your way up. But we're going to look at it from an assessment standpoint, every single joint that we're going to look at overall and then how do you you really work on strengthening mobility as well as strength in order to execute it, not just the burpee, but everything that you do. I mean, we're, we're picking on the burpee, but it's because <laughs> someone asks us to pick on the burpee, we're doing it. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it's a great exercise.
0: Absolutely. I think that, uh, you know, everyone will have a different understanding. And, you know, I think the more that we do this and back to the basics and dissect a uh, complex exercise to some people like a burpee, You'll see that we use the same process no matter what you would give us. And eventually, that's what we're really trying to teach is a way of thinking, not just rogue memorization of what we say. This is how we were challenged to learn the model. And now it just becomes very simple for us because we understand the process. So part of this, please take away how we filter information, because if it's an exercise that we haven't covered yet, you'll know, okay, this is how... You know, Wendy, and Marty would look through it. Is what are the five kinetic chain checkpoints? What phase of training it is? What can I do to break it down into other movement patterns? How do I? Per- that's what we do. So mm-hmm. we're going to, you know, make it a little more clear. But also, please, please look at that thought process, so that way you can correlate that to all parts of the training that you do.
1: And that's a really good point, Marty, because I know I had a, yeah. I, That's I said that twice. You've had two good points today. That's it. No, it's kidding. <laughs> but you know i had my mentor ask me a question re- about the the burpee and this was years and years ago and he you know his question to me was well who would you you know would you ever do a burpee with your clients and the, and the, when you think of it and you've got your mentor staring at you asking this question and without hesitation i said absolutely do it and you could do it in all all phases Then he was like, that's a really good answer. Now tell me why. And it goes back to really understanding rationales behind why you're doing what you're doing and understanding movement patterns and, you know, whether they're complex or simple, just putting it all together. And, and, and that's what we're trying to do with all of these webinars is to get you guys to think about exercise execution, prime movers. What muscles are you, are you utilizing when you're doing particular movement patterns? And when you get a chance to put it all together, um, on an education standpoint, you're kind of above some of the others that you're, you know, maybe working with at the gym, or you're putting yourself kind of, you're challenging yourself each and every day to learn something new. And I think, you know, education is key. And that's why, you know, we're hoping that when we talk about this, and just bringing this up, it's going to trigger a lot of other exercises to get you thinking deeper, when you are doing total body exercises, what are you working? Why are you working it? And is there like regressions to think about in order to execute it on a higher level.
0: Excellent. Now I'm looking forward to this, and then, you know, I don't want to give you guys too much to uh, what's ahead, but we got some other ideas that will match uh, an exercise like the burpee that we're going to really take into and, and break down to try to clear some things up. So, mm-hmm. At this point, I think we can give out our contact information and let, I'm sure we'll get some questions uh, from this topic, but I think we'll answer a lot of them in the next two weeks for sure.
1: Yes. We hope you guys uh, hang in there with us and join in because I think you're going to get a lot out of the next two as well. But if you have any questions until then, you can email me at anytime at wendy.bats at nasm.org, or you can find me on Instagram at wendy.bats13.
0: And where else can they find you, Wendy?
1: Or if you want just to listen to a bunch of random fitness information, we would love for you guys to um, download our podcast. I do it with another regional master instructor by the name of Ken Miller. And when I talk, the other Miller, <laughs> I'm surrounded by Millers for sure. Um, but we talk about a lot of fun, interesting things that are going on. Um, sometimes it's it's completely out of the NASM OBT model, but talking about what's going on in the industry, some different products, what we found, and and just we we have a really good time with it. So we hope that you guys would love to to download it, listen to us, and always feel free to to send me an email or an Instagram message and let me know what you think.
0: Cool. Awesome. Then my uh, information will pop up here in a second. So obviously you can see there the email marty.miller at nasm.org and then Instagram dr.martymiller72. And then another way I love to connect with you all is on Instagram live two times a week. So tomorrow, Tuesdays, I'm sorry, it'll be Friday. I think I'm ahead of myself at 6 a.m. East Coast time and then Tuesdays At 930 East coast time. So I'm there live. There are questions that come in the night before, but really I'm there just to kind of, if you have a last minute question or want to share some information and we go over it. So I love kind of just the spontaneity of it. And we just go through and spend a half hour and talking about whatever you guys want to. So plenty of information out there for you. So Wendy, thank you so much for helping put this together. I'm excited for the next two parts and thank you all for attending. And we look forward to seeing you next time on our Master Instructor Roundtable.